Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Deep throat. Nothing personal word of the day. I Am I really doing deep throat as the word of the day, the first day after the most holiest of days in the Jewish religion, Yom Kippur, where you spend the day atoning for everything that you've done wrong, begging for forgiveness, wiping the slate clean. Forget the religions where you confess in confessional like every day or once a week. I'm Jewish. I get to do it once a year take care of 365 days, wipe it, and start over. Today is day one of the next 365. I've asked for forgiveness, and I'm right back in it with deep throat is the word of the day. Of course, I'm not talking about Linda Lovelace. I'm talking about Woodward and Bernstein. I'm talking about sources. If you were not paying attention yesterday, which is possible if you were atoning or realized there was no nothing personal show because we took a day to think about the year and think about what's coming next in the next year. Very contemplative. Coke and I are making a business plan. We're thinking about all these different ways to keep growing the show, make it better. And then bring, bring the phone starts ringing. Phones start buzzing, vibrating. Ah, that's funny. Vibrating. I have a quick message to Steve Cohn, the owner of the Mets. Number one, I am not deep throat. Never have been, never will be. Not that there's anything wrong with that, just not my thing. I'm not a source. When an article comes out in the New York Post saying that nobody wants to work for the Mets, sources say that tweets are a problem that Steve Cohn sends. Sources are saying there's trouble in Metville. Current major league executives, former major league executives, and Steve Cohn, you get on Twitter and say, I know the source, it's David Sampson. And then people go crazy. So crazy that the writer of the article actually comes out and says, Hey, the source wasn't David Sampson. Now, I know Steve listens to the show. He has people listen to the show. You know by doing that that I can't be the source. Because when I have something to say about the Mets or you, I say it about you or the Mets directly. That's what nothing personal is. By definition, you come here to get 45 minutes every day, except once in a while when there's a toning going on. And you're going to hear it straight. And then you'll decide for yourself what you like. I just thought the whole thing was funny because as an owner, your job I understand that he wants to ingratiate himself with the fans. You want to be relatable. I always wanted to be relatable as a team president. But you know what? I'm not relatable. When you're a team president or team owner, you can act goofy. You can wear flip-flops, have a very cool flip-flop tan. You can have a couple tattoos. Whatever you think makes you relatable. And people still look at you and say, man, 
what do you do? How do you do it? What's it like to be you? Ah, it's not that great. You want to try for a day? Everybody says they want to be me after one day. You know what? I'm good. Good. Fine. I'll go back to what I was doing, who I was doing it with, and where I was doing what I was doing. I love being me. I don't mind it at all, actually. <laughs> it's a little crowded in my brain. I texted Coca. I was ready at four o'clock this morning to do this show. Coca ignored me. He ignores my texts when I want to do something that he doesn't want to do. Do you do that with your texting? Do you look at a text and if it's meaningful to you and you want to respond, you want to do something, you respond at that moment. If not, you blow it off. Sometimes you don't respond at all. Well, I'm sitting here waiting for a vibration. I'm waiting for a good vibration, ready to start the show. Literally at five o'clock this morning, I could have been on the air, but we're not. So if you're an owner and a president, you're trying to be relatable, but you're not. But at the end of the day, you can tweet all you want saying that you're a fan. I want to be a fan. I respect you as fans. I love you fans. What should we do? Should we trade a guy? Should we not trade a guy? Should we sign this player during the offseason? You know what fans really want when you're an owner and a president? They want to win. Period. Hard stop. That's it. Get rid of all the ridiculous distraction. Get rid of all the things that you think matter. All the things that you are doing, all the time that you are spending while running a team is wasted. That's not spent trying to make your team better or fix what ails your organization. Sometimes it's fixing things that the public doesn't see. Reporting structures, evaluation metrics, not just for players, but for employees. Hiring practices. Don't you think the Mets should be focused more on hiring good people and doing a little background check before they hire them? Don't you think the Mets should focus on figuring out whether or not DeGrom needs surgery? Don't you think the Mets should focus on how to get their lineup scoring runs again next season? Don't you think the Mets should focus on how to get people into the ballpark? These are things I was focused on solely. It'd be nice to be relatable. I wanted more fans in the stands. I wanted more revenue and I wanted more wins in that order. I think Steve Cohen would tell you the order is he wants more wins and then he'd like a better organization with more revenue. But that should be his focus. And good old Stevie was spending so much time on Twitter that it just made me laugh. I got several calls from people. Thank you. People reaching out. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Are you okay? For those of you who don't know me, my name is David Sampson. I'm shaking your virtual hand here in this huge, I'm shaking everyone's hand here in the studio audience. All of you, you. Hi, David. Hi, I'm David. Hi. Yes, good to see you again. Yes, I am solid as a rock. Don't you worry about me. Don't you worry about me. I'm fine. The show must go on. <laughs> and it will. We talk about sports business. We talk about movies. We talk about culture, anything that I want to talk about that Coca lets me talk about. And part of what we do is we not just watch movies, but we take questions from you on Twitter at David P. Sampson. And when they're interesting, I'll answer them. And when they're not interesting, I'll still read them. You know what I want? I want to talk to Sampson. So you want to talk to Samson. I told someone recently that I have a half-baked T-shirt. Maybe that was you. Maybe that was on a previous show. And I got an offer, two offers. One guy offered me 70 bucks for this half-baked. 
extra large shirt. Another one offered charity money plus 35 or $80 or something just for a t-shirt. I turned it down because I like wearing my half-baked t-shirt and I don't know if I can ever get another one. If you can get me another one out of St. Louis in size medium, I'm happy to send you my size extra large. Half-baked is a movie where you watch it. There's a character named Samson, questions are asked. So you wanna talk to Samson. Is the lawsuit against the NFL and Stan Kroenke a big deal? Can you break it down? Thank you. Love the show. Well, thank you. Saying love the show doesn't guarantee that your question makes the show, but it sure as hell doesn't hurt. Hello. What are we talking about? Five years ago, there was a relocation in football. Do you remember there was a team called the St. Louis Rams? Do you know they moved to Los Angeles, became the Los Angeles Rams? Do you know that people in St. Louis were very, very unhappy? They felt as though the owner of the Rams was a man named Stan Kroenke, still is, and that he did some nefarious things before moving his team. <gasps> Impossible. An owner did something that may have been a violation of an agreement? Hmm. I think we better file a lawsuit and find out. So the St. Louis City, County, Chamber of Commerce, Business Development Authority, all of these different government entities said, we're so angry at you, Stan Kroenke and Roger Goodell, that we're going to sue you. And we're going to sue you because we believe that you illegally moved your team to Los Angeles. That's their basic theory. That the NFL and the Rams and their owner conspired to do a deal in Los Angeles, to not be truthful about the fact that a deal in Los Angeles was done. They had no intention of staying in St. Louis and moving the team was a violation of several agreements that were in place, including the NFL's own relocation rules, which were developed actually to stop relocation, ironically. So this lawsuit gets filed, and it was my opinion and continues to be my opinion, that it's going to be very difficult for the government to win this suit. However, the NFL and Stan Officer Kroenke filed what's called a motion for summary judgment. What that means very simply is that they want the judge to throw out the case before it goes to trial. They want the judge to look at the statement of facts, look at the applicable law and say, there's nothing to see here, keep on moving. And that's the end of the case. Well, guess what the judge did yesterday or the day before? The judge said, um, I've got a small issue. I believe that there's enough facts here to warrant a trial. I believe that there is a chance that the plaintiffs could prevail based on the law. I believe the plaintiffs could prevail based on the facts. Because I believe that, the judge said, we have to go forward. Motion for summary judgment denied. <gasps> Roger Goodell is losing his mind. Do you know why? Because Roger Goodell 
Jerry Jones, Stan Officer Krupke, and the rest maybe call this witnesses in an actual jury trial where there could be hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars of damages, where other owners who agreed to let the Rams move or who were a part of the Rams moving could also be implicated and liable, where there could be discovery leading up to a trial. Discovery is when each side gets to learn things about the other side and they get to use that at trial. Discovery is a total pain in the ass. I've been discovered too many times to count. You have to save everything. Like your used dental floss has to be saved just in case there's DNA that can prove that you were having a nefarious conversation about violating some agreement. Save that bottle of water. You're going to need it. <laughs> it's amazing what you have to save when there's you're under the rules of discovery. So can you imagine discovery with the NFL, every single memo between NFL owners about relocation, every single study done showing the benefit of the Los Angeles team versus the St. Louis team, every single piece of paper, conversation, email, text, anything is now going to be potentially visible by the St. Louis government and therefore made public. Now, the NFL could file for confidentiality. They could go to court over discovery and limit the scope of discovery, trying to hide some of the memos and some of the very telling documents that say exactly what took place, which is, hey, guys, my name's Stan. I want to go to L.A. because in L.A., the value of my franchise is going to triple. And once it triples, I'm going to be even richer. I don't like being in St. Louis. I have a big house in L.A. Can we move to L.A.? Let us, please, love Stan. Ooh, we can't have that memo come out. And then Roger Goodell responds, hey, we're going to do everything we can for you, Stan. We are going to do what we have to do to get you into L.A. because we heard from our networks that they would very much like the L.A. market. So hold on. Hey, Stan, this is Jerry Jones. We got you. Can I be helpful with your stadium? I want to be a part of that. I'm going to help you relocate, but you're going to help me, right? You'll hire some of the companies I own to help work on the stadium. Are we good with that? That's okay, right? Wink, wink, wink. So there's a lot of different layers going on when a franchise moves. A lot of deals are going on under the table. And you don't want those deals to be made public. You don't want a jury to look at those deals because the jury could say, hey, Raj, hey, Stan, the man. Hey, Jerry, give St. Louis their money. And it's a jury of St. Louisians. St. Lucians? St. Louisians. Coco, what is the word for people who live in St. Louis? It's a St. A Saint Lucian, I assume, is someone who lives in St. Lucia. Anyway, get back to me on that. If you're listening to this from St. Louis and you're upset your team left, what do you call yourself? At David P. Sampson on Twitter, get back to me as soon as you can if you don't mind. So how does this end? This ends with the NFL going to the government right now and trying to settle this case. They didn't want to settle before because they thought they'd win the motion on summary judgment. They thought they'd prevail 
and end this nightmare of a case. Roger Goodell does not want to beat a witness. Neither does Jerry, neither does Stan. They're going to go to the government and say, hey, let's talk Turkey. You just had COVID. Your sales tax base is lower. All of your tax revenue is down. What can we do? What's the number? Give me a round number. This case will settle. If this case goes to court, it is the NFL's single worst nightmare. So for all of you St. Lucians out there, I have a wait to see. I'm going to do several wait to sees today because I'm so lonely from yesterday, missing the show and begging forgiveness. This case settles. There will not be a jury in the city of St. Louis for a case about the St. Louis Rams moving to Los Angeles. N-G-T-H. Not going to happen. I'll do a second wait to see right now, actually, since we're doing wait to sees. Wait to see is something, if you're new to the show, we do this a lot. We try. I think we do it every day, but I can't be sure. And we do it because we're not gas bags. Neither me nor Coca, though Coca would say I'm much more so than he is. But believe me, Coca talks a lot during these shows. Can you imagine having Coca in your left ear the entire 45 minutes? No, no, move on. Talk about something else. It's called the St. Lucian. Coca, I was talking about that five minutes ago. No, it's pronounced Kronky, not Krupke. I know, that's from West Side Story. G Officer Krupke. It's hard to talk and listen, but I can do it. It's funny. He says it here. It comes out there. That's a broadcast news reference. So I am not someone who's going to hide from a wait to see that I get wrong. I'm not going to celebrate a wait to see I got right. I'm just going to revisit every wait to see. I have a wait to see about a debate that I had on Canadian radio yesterday or last week or two weeks ago. I can't remember exactly when it was about Shohei Otani and Vladimir Guerrero. Maybe it was on nothing personal, actually. Did we do an Otani versus Guerrero segment recently in the last week or two on nothing personal? I th- Oh, we did? Okay, thank you, Matthew. And uh, Ma- that's Matthew Coca. This is episode 446. We are 54 episodes away from you hearing Matthew Coca's voice. The 500th episode of Nothing Personal will be a Samson sit-down with Matthew Coker, where you will get to learn everything about him and decide for yourself, should I have been the one to go to Europe with him? Don't forget, we are looking for a very nice, young or old woman to travel to Europe with Matthew Coca, London, Paris, in December. We are taking names and we are doing interviews. No decision's been made. So if you know someone, please forward them to our attention at David P. Sampson or at Matthew Coca CBS, Twitter, Instagram, smoke signal, white flag, whatever you have to do, because Coca needs a wedding date. No, not to marry Coca, but a wedding. Yeah, forget it. It's a movie. So we talked about Otani and Vladimir and the fact that I believe Leonard Guerrero should be the MVP if he wins the triple ground and the Toronto Blue Jays make the playoffs. And people say, no, Otani's got it locked up. Well, if Otani has a bad last few weeks and he's been hitting okay, he's still second in home runs to Vladimir, 45 to 44. And now Salvador Perez, the catcher, who's having the greatest offensive season in the history of catching ever, Salvador Perez. I was a little critical of their extension they gave to Salvador Perez. 
he certainly is having a hell of a season this year. He's not even, he's going to be like top three MVP, but not top two, which is amazing given how the season has been. But word came out yesterday that Otani's arm is sore and he's not making a start this weekend. That means Otani, one of the reasons he's MVP is that he pitches and he hits. But if he's not pitching and only hitting and not playing the field as a DH, you do not win the MVP over a position player who wins the triple crown. Now, granted, Otani has pitched 115 innings. That's nice. But writers have pretty good recency bias. So if Otani does not hit well the rest of the way, Guerrero does hit well the rest of the way, and Otani doesn't pitch, I'd have to say Guerrero has a good chance to win MVP. But that's not what the wait to see is. Joe Madden, the great World Series winning manager for the Chicago Cubs, the miracle worker who came to Chicago from Tampa, where he was a miracle worker in Tampa, came to Chicago, won the World Series, which makes him free drinks for life, was hired by Artie, I can't get out of my own way, Moreno, and oh my God, we can't win with Trout, brought in to manage the Anaheim Angels of California, and they're not winning. They're not going to make the playoffs. Again, Mike Trout hasn't played since May. Anthony Rendon since July. They have no pitching. Otani's their best pitcher, and he's pitching the innings of a number five starter or a number eight starter. He has so few innings pitched. Well, Otani now has a little arm soreness. If I am the owner of the Anaheim Angels of California, Shohei Otani will not throw another pitch this season. We're not in a race. We have no chance. I am not taking the chance of getting him hurt, even though there's such a high likelihood he's going to get hurt with the way they're doing it with pitching and hitting, because I've said it's very hard to do both, which is why no one does it. Here's the wait to see. Shohei Otani will not pitch to one more batter in 2021. Now, it's only two weeks left, but that is a wait to see. All right, we come back. We're going to review a movie with one of the stars of White Lotus named Sidney Sweeney. And we're going to talk about what happened on Capitol Hill just the other day. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. My name is David Sampson. Thank you for making it through the gauntlet of the week, the gauntlet of the holidays, the gauntlet of the commercials. Thank you for rating, reviewing, following, subscribing, and of course, telling your friends about Nothing Personal and spreading the word. I love watching movies, and you know that I watch a movie every day. I watched a movie called The Voyeurs. <laughs> I admit it. I watched it because of prurient interest. I watched it because there was a chance for great salaciousness. And I really like Sidney Sweeney. And I was rewarded for my time. The best voyeur movie of all time probably is the one. Oh, God, I'm having a moment. Coca, bail me out. Sharon Stone, Billy B William Baldwin. Oh, <laughs> God. I've seen it so many times. 
It's uh, it's there's cameras. The, the, there's he's looking in apartments. There's not basic instinct. Oh, my God. It's not basic instinct. Basic instinct is Sharon Stone, but that's Michael Douglas. That's the one where what are you going to do? Charge me with smoking? No, it's a different movie. Sliver. Thank you. So it's a movie like that. I, you know, when you grow up in New York City, voyeurism is something that's just a part of your life because you're knee deep in other apartment buildings. The lights are on. You're looking when no one's home. Sometimes people are home. Sometimes you close the shade and you just peek out the shade. The first. <laughs> I can't even can. I? <laughs> the first ever. Breast that I saw of a non relative was by looking out the window of my New York City childhood apartment. And believe me, it was a life changing experience. So the voyeurs is a movie about two people who are staring into the apartment across the street and witnessing what they believe is unbelievable sex, violence, lies, videotape and various other things. They become obsessed with it. And Sydney Sweeney, who you may know from White Lotus, you may know from Euphoria. She has this desire to not just spy on them, but to be them. I can't say you should watch The Voyeurs, but you need to because you want to, but you don't want to admit you want to, but you're going to anyway. So just watch it and embrace the fact that there's a tiny part of you, just a little tiny part, whether you are a man, woman, whatever gender you are, there's a tiny part of you that has an interest in what other people look like and what they're doing. It's called The Voyeurs. Where were you 49 years ago today? 49 years ago today was 1973, 72. Hello, it's 2021. Wait a minute, time out. <laughs> yes, 1972, thank you. The debut of my favorite show of all time was 49 years ago today, and I want to shout out to Loretta Switz, to Jamie Farr, to Alan Alda, to Mike Farrell, to the late Harry Morgan, Larry Linville, Wayne Rogers, the entire cast. Gary Berghoff, you know how much I love MASH because you know I've got the teddy bear 49 years ago today. Thank you to all of you who did that show. That was a true life changer. Well, looking out the window was a life changer, but MASH was pretty damn good. So when you watch movies and you are watching a movie about voyeurs and you're thinking about salacious behavior and being prurient, I do it as an adult with adults, which is completely legitimate. People who are pedophiles deserve to not die. They deserve to go to prison and be violated every day. That is my belief. And you can be upset with me, Coke, if you want, for talking about it like that. But that is my view. It is the most despicable, angering crime that there is. The impact that it has is forever. And it's children that you're preying on. Larry Nasser 
is a famous predator, disgusting, despicable human being. He's not a human being. He's an animal. The doctor for USA Gymnastics basically raped, violated, and fondled probably 500 little girls. The girls had gone public, had gone for help with what was happening to them, and we were not there. The FBI was not there. A couple of days ago, these girls again were willing to share their story with members of Congress at a hearing where the FBI and its role in the USA gymnastics scandal was discussed. These girls went to the FBI to complain and the FBI shoved it under the carpet. The FBI dismissed it because the agent in charge was actually angling to get a job with USA Gymnastics because the FBI didn't care that these little girls were being violated. And now FBI agents are being fired. FBI is being investigated. Senators and congressmen are holding hearings because they don't want to take it anymore. And I have a question. Why does this require a hearing? Why do we need a public spectacle of these four gymnasts? Simone Biles, Michaela Maroney, Maggie Nichols was there, Ali Reisman. Why do we need to see their public pain for you to act and for you to hold people in the FBI responsible? Is that because you want to be seen to your constituents for when you run again for office that you are taking the side of the girls? You're here to protect them. We've got you covered now. We're so sorry we didn't have you covered before. We're so sorry that the FBI ignored it. We're so sorry that we let the man continue to violate girls after you had said you were violated. One day, someone will explain to me why hearings are required to do what's right. Why hearings are required to discover and investigate what went wrong. You don't think that the internal checks and balances in our government could have figured out what went wrong with the FBI, with all the documentaries that have happened, with all the reports, with all the information that everybody has that we needed to dredge up this again? The FBI has a problem. And it's too bad that it took these girls testifying to have people talk about it. I've been talking about this for a long time. I reviewed a, a show called a documentary called Athlete A that was about this very thing. If you don't know about what happened with USA Gymnastics, it's okay. You may be living under a rock, but if you don't know, start GTS and start reading about it and start giving thought to the way it is that you protect your children. Start giving thought, if you don't mind, to when you want something more than your children want it, when you are willing to ignore what may be in existence just because it somehow fulfills something that you didn't get to do as a parent or you see money at the end of the rainbow or endorsements. And if you think I'm parent blaming for what Larry Nassar did, you're wrong. I'm not. I'm saying that when you look around at what we do to kids, the pressure that we put kids under, whether they are tennis players, whether they are gymnasts, whether they are basketball players, it doesn't matter. The pressure that we put on kids to do things that adults do when they're kids, and then we wonder why the kids have issues and why their mental health issues, it seems fairly obvious to me. And given the existence of all that, 
Wouldn't it be good if we didn't have to worry about monsters also? I hope that Larry Nasser has access to nothing personal in the little tiny cell that he's in. As we head toward the end of the baseball season, you're going to notice a couple of things that are going on. You're going to notice very important series. We're going to do our picks of the day. And this is the time of year. It's September 17th when this is being recorded. Today is Friday, heading into a weekend. The season ends in two weeks. Generally, teams have 15 games left. Calculations are being done. When will teams get eliminated? When have teams clinched? When do teams start resting players? If you are a team like the Brewers who have a huge lead in the division, how do you rest players but keep them sharp? If you're a team like the Dodgers and the Giants, you've got to win the division, so you're going to keep pressing. The White Sox don't have to, but you don't want to get stale. The reason the Marlins, one of the reasons we were able to beat the Giants in the first round in 2003 on the way to the World Series, yes, the Marlins did win a World Series under my watch. Not that I hit, pitched, or did anything, but I was there. We were playing meaningful games every single day up into the playoffs, and San Francisco had clinched the division way before, and they were just, you know, not sharp. So what you should watch for for your team is when they make little changes. They give people a little day off. They give people an at-bat off, pull them out in the sixth inning. They move around the rotation to start setting up the postseason rotation. These are the things that we are working on right now. We're working on our playoff roster. We're working on our playoff rotation, setting up the bullpen. All of that happens for teams that have already, for all intents and purposes, clinched. For teams who have not, of course, you do anything you have to do to clinch and you work at the playoffs later. So we're going to give you three picks. We're 117 and 100. Two days ago, we had the Reds beating the Pirates, but the Reds lost. Reds do not deserve to play in October by losing to the Pirates. We're 117 and 100. We had the Giants plus three and a half over the Washington football skins last night, but we never did a show and I never went public. So I can't count that as a win. So I'm not, but I did have the Giants and Coca has proof of that. And you can deny it if you want Coca, but you have proof that I had the Giants plus three and a half over the Washington skins football. Friday, tonight, Phillies, Mets. You know I'm picking against the Mets because I'm so upset about what happened with me and Stevie yesterday that it's totally crushed me. I had a long talk with my therapist about it, and he said the best thing to do on nothing personal pick of the day is pick the Phillies because they've got a Cy Young candidate going in Zach Wheeler. He's not going to win, but he's a Cy Young candidate. Friday, Phillies over Mets. Saturday, I'm going to watch some college football. Let's hear it for the F. Is that the thing where you, like the crocodile, where you put your hands together like a crocodile? I'm a Miami guy or a Fort Lauderdale guy. I used to be. And I, and I always get confused. There's the Florida State Seminoles, the Florida Gators. Anyway. Oh, Gators must be that then. Florida Gators are getting 14 and a half versus the Sabanites. And I assure you that's too much. Having watched the Sabanites win last week, I think they won 48-14 or something and crushed them. They're fine but they're not 14 and a half points better than the Gators. No chance. Florida plus 14 and a half. And then on Sunday, we're going to make it another New York special. The Giants had a great cover last night, but they lost. The Jets are getting six points from the Patriots. The Jets with Zach Wilson 
going against the Cam Newtonless Patriots. We're taking the Jets plus six. Okay, that's Phillies over Mets. Gators getting 14 and a half versus Alabama. Jets getting six over Patriots. Those are your picks of the weekend. I want to talk about John Wall because I promised you I would last show. John Wall is a player for the Houston Rockets. John Wall was traded to the Houston Rockets for Russell Westbrook, as you may recall. John Wall now wants to be traded. What's amazing to me is in the NBA, all these players, yeah, I love it here. I love playing in Houston. I care about it. I was happy to be here. I don't miss Washington. Trade me. John Wall has $91 million left, and this is a guy who's injured every month in Gdanishtik. You look around, oh, look, it's his Achilles. Oh, it's his ribs. Oh, it's his oblique. Oh, it's this. Oh, that. He's just hurt all the time. What interests me about this story and why I wanted to bring it up to you as we close off this interesting week is the way teams go out of their way to publicly get you as fans to believe that they are always acting in the best interests of the player or of the fans. When in fact, 99 out of 100 times, front offices are acting in the best interest of, wait for it, the front offices. But it's best when you're doing that to just let people assume that's the way it is, but don't bring attention to the fact that that's the way it is. And you can bring attention to the fact that that's the way it is by saying that that's the way it isn't. You got that? You're using the old double reverse psychology. If you are Tillman, give me three frittitas. So the Rockets sourced a source from the Houston Rockets. Now, I have done a lot of work on this. It turns out that the rocket source that is mentioned in this story is someone who lives in Houston named David Samson. But the rocket source said, John Wall has been a rock for us. Get it? Rockets rock. He's been great since he got here. Rockets sources then emphasized this is the cherry on top of this beautiful PR Sunday, Friday. The rocket sources emphasized that the franchise makes it a priority to try to do right by veterans. <laughs> James Harden was cited as an example by this Rockets employee to how they do right. P.J. Tucker was cited as an example. These are players who wanted to get out. James Harden was the biggest POS when he didn't want to play for the Rockets. He basically quit on his team, acted like a total douchebag, and ends up getting traded to the Brooklyn Nets. And the Rockets now are saying, hey, we took care of James Harden. We take care of our veterans. If they want to be in a more competitive situation, we're going to do what we can. When we had players come to us and say, I want to win. I don't want to be in the Marlins anymore. We don't win enough. Will you take care of me? Yeah. How's an outpost looking? Better yet, how about you staying here? That's what we'd say privately. That's what we'd say publicly. For the Rockets to say publicly that their interest is to do right by their veterans should make you, fans of the Rockets, say, God, where's Rui Tomjanovich? 
Where's Sam Cassell and Robert Ori? I miss Hakeem the dream because we're never going to win. If you're too busy worried about taking care of your veterans or worried about taking care of any player who complains or worried about doing what's right for every player, that's like running a business and saying, you know what? I don't care about the P&L. I want all of you just to feel good when you come to work. I want you all to be comfy, cozy. I want you to have ping pong tables and foosball tables. And by the way, don't worry if you're not productive. Take as much time as you need. When's that project due? Not next week, whenever you want. Do you know what happens when a business does that? Business doesn't do well. And I'm not saying you don't have a good environment for your employees. I loved having a good environment for Marlon's employees. I loved giving people days off and doing firm-wide activities to help the community. I love doing special things and writing notes to employees, thanking them for a job they've done, giving them a piece of memorabilia every year to thank them and tell them how much I appreciate them. But what I appreciated was the fact that they worked and did their jobs. I don't appreciate them because they're just there. I don't appreciate them if they complain. I don't mind if they ask for more money. Go ahead. And then I'll give you my answer. Yes, no, maybe so, but likely no. But you don't reward petulant behavior. James Harden, using him as an example. It makes me laugh. The thing, if you're the Rockets, you always wanted to trade John Wall. That's the funniest part about this story. He was acquired from Westbrook, not because they thought that, wow, we're going to put Wall with Harden and now we're going to have a good team. They knew they were going to have to trade Harden and they knew they wanted to then get rid of Westbrook, who was overpaid. So they bring in Wall and their view was, let's rehabilitate him and then move him along, spread his money out and start again. John Wall is going to end up getting traded. And then it'll be an interesting thing where we all wonder why when we empower certain people in certain instances that Frankenstein is born. When you are running a business and you empower your employees, you better empower them correctly because the correct way to empower is to give them the freedom to fail, the power to succeed, and the money to do both. And if you do that, you can never go wrong. <sighs> that's it, Coca. That's it. I think that's our show. I think I have some more time left. I'd like to cover one more thing if you'll let me, Coca. I don't want to stop, but you're whispering me that I have four minutes. Can I do it? I want to give credit and call out a player who is a player who uh, Coca accuses me of only saying nice things about. I have a relationship with Christian Yelich. He is a very, very good person. He's doing something with the Brewers. He's leading them. He hasn't had his best season. There's no doubt about it. He's been struggling since the beginning of 20, actually. But he is a leader. He is someone who I would have taken at bat if I needed a run, a run, a run batted in. He is just someone I want in my clubhouse. He so badly wants to be a leader in Milwaukee and have the Brewers win their first title ever. They've never won a World Series. He so badly wants to play in front of full stadiums the way he never got to do in Miami. He loves the fact that the Brewers fans are far better than Marlins fans ever were. 
So he announced that he was doing something and I wanted to just point it out and compliment him here on the show. This weekend is a huge series between the Cardinals and the Brewers. The Cardinals, as you know, are in the second wild card spot. The Cardinals have a chance to actually be the wild card, which is amazing given where Cincinnati and San Diego were. Obviously, LA or San Francisco is going to get one of them. But the Brewers have a chance to clinch the division here in the middle of September. And Yelich wants a full park. So he bought 10,000 tickets to give away. The way you do that is you go to your traveling secretary, you go to your team president. If he has a relationship with Rick, the way he had with me, he probably went to Rick and said, I want to do this. And we would then print up 10,000 tickets at a dollar, charge him $10,000, and then help distribute the tickets, knowing that the tickets we're distributing are not going to be a high revenue tickets. People who get free tickets do not generally spend money on merchandise, hot dogs, et cetera. Even though many of you think, hey, if I had a free ticket, I'd go there and buy everything because I got the free ticket. We've done the study, believe me. We've gone through the exercise of giving away free tickets. It doesn't work in terms of raising revenue. It does work in terms of getting butts in the seats. But to get 10,000 people into a game, you actually have to give away like 60,000 free tickets. The no-show rate when your ticket is free is higher than the no-show rate for any other ticket, any other price level. Think about why, right? It makes perfect sense. If you pay for something, even if you're grumpy and not in the mood, you're going to say, I'm going to schlep to Miller Park. Although it's not called Miller Park anymore. It's now called American Family Field or American Field of Family. Can't keep track of the names anymore. Can't keep track. To me, it's Miller Park. So you have to give away 60,000 tickets. And if you give them for free, someone says, ah, I don't feel well. I've got a little something in my gonectogazoint. I'm not going to go to the game. I didn't pay anything anyway. And then if you do go to the game, you're looking at your wallet. You're looking at your credit card statement. You bring in your own water. You bring in the peanuts you bought outside that you shoved down your pants. And you say, why not just make this a full day of nothing? It's not like I'm going to the team store and buying a cap or a hat or an NL Central Division winning shirt if they clinch. So they're not doing it. When you give away free tickets, you're not doing it to get more money. You're doing it to make it louder, to make it look like there is greater support. I love that Yelich thought of doing this. He did a lot of stuff with, with charity and with tickets when he was with the Marlins. He's doing it again. I am not ashamed or embarrassed to tell you that I am rooting extremely hard for the Milwaukee Brewers to bring a World Series to that great city of Milwaukee. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. 